Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Inventing Anna, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Welcome to Inventing Anna, the official podcast, your exclusive look inside the making of the Shondaland series on Netflix. I'm your host, Stacey Wilson-Hunt, and today I'm talking about the series' fabulous fashion with Emmy-winning costume designer Lynn Paolo. She had the unique challenge of designing all of the stunning outfits we see in the show, including painstaking recreations of Anna's now infamous trial-style looks. In our chat, Lynn explains why it's often more difficult to design costumes for series set in modern times, and what is most thrilling to her about evolving characters through their fashion. Hi, Lynn. Welcome. And we're so happy to have you here. Congratulations on your incredible work in inventing, Anna. How does it feel to see it come to fruition? I have to say it's been such a pleasure to see the reaction of the audience. And um, I'm just really excited that the show is finally out. So thank you, Stacey. You are welcome. And it's been fun to see people posting and asking questions. And fashion has figured very largely into a lot of these conversations. And I would love to know, from your perspective, What was uniquely challenging about designing costumes for Inventing Anna? Tell me what that process was like as it compares to the other Shondaland series you've worked on, such as Scandal and How to Get Away with Murder. It was such an interesting process because we were trying to match exactly what Anna had worn in her Instagram and in the courtroom because she was, you know, followed by so many fashionistas on Insta. We had to take a big, deep dive into that research. So it was a heavily researched show from that point of view. All the other characters all thought that they knew a different Anna than the Anna, the next, the person next door knew. And so that was also a lot of fun because then we got to play with the Annas. You know, there was the business Anna and there was the, you know, the party Anna. I love that. And yes, that has been a a real highlight in in watching Anna shapeshift. And with those shapeshifting moments, we see her dressing for all these different personalities. And I'll get back to that in a moment. But I did want to ask something I've spoken about with other costume designers the sort of misconceptions of dressing contemporary characters. You know, we have this sense of, oh, it has to be a lavish costume drama for us to notice costumes. 
And in a lot of ways, sometimes dressing contemporary characters can be more challenging. Tell me how you feel about that. You know, I think you're so right, Stacey. And thank you for understanding that because dressing a period drama, which I'm doing right now, again, you do your research and everyone's always sort of awed by the historical references and the fact that you've got it right and it looks so pretty. But I feel that dramas that take place within our timeline are actually harder to complete and to design because there's much more nuance to it. And everyone knows what they're going to expect. Whereas on a period piece, you can say, oh, you know, no, this was right when, you know, maybe it was or wasn't. But when it comes to developing a character in a modern show, the amount of research, the amount of nuance, the amount of time that you take to accessorize, I find it to be harder than doing a period show. Making something look old or worn in or yeah this character doesn't have a lot of money or this character has worn this you know for 15 20 years so for instance with Vivian a lot of her clothes in the show were aged down to have that lived in feel because it tells the story it tells you right away this lady's wearing lovely clothes but they're not new right and i have to say as someone who's been a journalist in new york i've really appreciated vivian's worn out boots that she takes off at rikers <laughs> Because <laughs> you really sense that she has walked the streets, asking people questions, done her reporting in those shoes, and it looked very realistic. Yeah, I wanted it to feel like she was that gal Friday. I felt like that was a really important story point for Vivian. And in speaking about the series, a word that you have used to describe your work is curation, which I like. It's not just so much you're designing, you're curating looks. Tell me what your process was from starting on day one. So, you know, every show is slightly different, but I, I really do love a mood board. And I also like to create a color palette for each character. I'm a visual learner. I have a really hard time if I don't have a picture in front of me. I need to see it. Every single show I'm on, I'm completely surrounded by mood boards all over the walls and also fabric swatches. Because even though Inventing Anna was not a build show, uh, we didn't create the costumes. We purchased the costumes. I do like to look at fabrics and look at them in the different in different light, in different sets, so that we can get a sense of, you know, what's going to work in this room. And tell me how you work with Shonda in these moments. You've obviously worked with her on numerous projects. What is her input and how does that help you do your job? After, I think it's 12 years now we've been working together. We have a shorthand. Shonda does love to look at the images from the show and always gets right back to me, which I know how busy she is. So I truly appreciate that. I think she understands our timelines and how difficult it is to turn around a show like Anna Delvey with the volume of clothing we were dealing with. She'll write back, you know, gorgeous or exactly right. Or she'll put it into the script and she'll write in, it's whatever Lynn says for this scene, which is a real blessing as a costume designer to have the support of your writer, producer. And, um, you know, she'll say she doesn't like something or I've gone off track with the character, but we sort of mesh so well. I don't know what it is, but we both sort of finish each other's sentences when it comes to the costume design on a show. So uh, it's a nice symbiotic relationship. It's very nice to have that shared sensibility. Yeah, I think, so when I reference something, I know that she's, you know, looked at that runway show or looked at that designer. So, yeah, and she really does. I mean, Shonda understands fashion. And before we talk about some of the more beautiful looks in the show, I want to talk about the prison scenes. Bring me some underwear. Nothing cheaper than a Tory, Birdoffs. 
The panties here are disgusting. And I know that you wanted to create this sense of even in prison, Anna still wants to look good, right? She still has her glasses and her uniform looks to be pressed. So tell me how you balance this idea of, you know, even in prison, Anna wants to be fashionable, but also being realistic as well. Yeah, so we we ended up having to make a lot of the uniforms because we couldn't find them. So they were a build. And what we did with the other inmates is we sent their coveralls, scrubs, whatever you want to call them. We had them sand washed and then we aged into them just so they felt a little limp, you know, a little older and a little more worn in. And then for Anna, we pressed her coveralls every day before she worked and after lunch too, which Julia really appreciated, by the way. (laughs) She was very crisp walking into the scenes. It was almost a little too flat in a way, like we pressed them too much. (laughs) And again, that's another detail that, you know, when we're watching a show, there's a scene in a prison. Never once does the viewer think, oh, they've had to spend hours distressing some of these clothing and pressing that uniform. (laughs) But I do think it's those sort of, visual cues, aren't they? They're so subliminal. The audience understands something, but they don't know why they understand it, which I think is part of creating our worlds. No, I agree. And it really comes through in this series. And I would love for you to walk me through some of the creations that were particularly challenging either to recreate or maybe you bought something and you tailored it to Julia. Which piece do you look back on throughout the series and think, oh, that was a real labor and it just ended up being a piece of art that you're so proud of? You know, there were several pieces in terms of matching Anna's real-life looks. Um, The Aliyah dress, which the real Anna wore an awful lot. We ended up finding three of that dress because we were so concerned that, one, it wouldn't arrive, two, it wasn't going to be the right dress when it arrived because, of course, we were dealing with vendors and people that we found on Instagram, literally, and also used clothing stores, all of that. We kept all three and used all three eventually, but they were all too large and had to be cut down. And that was really a math problem, I have to say, to keep the integrity of that dress, but cut it down for Julia. The other thing that we didn't ever find was the black Rick Owens leather jacket that the real Anna wore in so many of her Instagram posts. So we ended up copying it and uh, creating it ourselves. Is it often more difficult to find a garment that's three or four years old as opposed to something that's 25 or 30 years old? Yes, I do think it's more difficult. But the bigger issue for us in this particular instance is that Anna was very specific, the real Anna. She tagged everything with who the designer was. And out of respect to the designers, we wanted to get it right. So in this particular instance, it was a tiny bit more tricky because... We knew what it should be, and we could have gotten away with any little black dress probably, but we wanted to be true to the designers. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a short break, but please stay tuned. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. 
For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? And meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Hey everybody, Stacy here again. Now back to the interview. I do want to talk about a couple of the other characters. You've mentioned Vivian. I'd like to talk a little bit more about how Anna impacts her style because we see her, you know, after she has the baby, she's sort of a little bit more glam. She's brushing her hair. She's a little bit more polished. Tell me about your thought going into how you would depict her evolution. Yeah, that's a lovely question, actually, because there were so many people in the story who did evolve because of Anna. But specifically Vivian, we felt like all of a sudden she started to care about fashion more and also care about how she looked when she met with Anna and how she presented herself when she went to Germany. And she became a mini fashionista. I mean, early on in the show, obviously, she's pregnant in the story. Everything was oversized. None of it was pregnancy clothes. It was all sort of like Vince, you know, Rag and Bone, those brands. And we mixed up a lot of textures. And then as time went on and she became Anna influenced, we started removing the mixed textures and everything was a little bit more muted. Her hair was smoother. She seemed a little bit more put together. What is different? My hair. You like it? I like it if you like it. Jack. But we did that with several characters. I think it is actually more telling with Anthony Edwards' character that he goes from being the man in the gray suit to wearing flashy Hermes ties and pink shirts and lilac shirts as opposed to just a white or gray shirt in the beginning. New glasses done? Progressives. The frames are a little young. You let a hipster help you choose your glasses? (laughs) I like them. They look good on you. 
I think everybody that was around Anna in real life and possibly around our Anna, they were influenced by her. She was able to sort of hypnotize people and actually, I think, bring joy to people's lives. They followed her and believed her and became wrapped up in her world of glamour. I agree. And then I wanted to talk a little bit about Rachel and her journey. And Shonda described Rachel as Anna's mini-me, which I thought was funny. But you do see her kind of morphing into a sidekick. Tell me about her work style, but then also what is the style that she has when she's with Anna? Yeah, I think we, you know, we meet her and it's apres Anna, isn't it? Right. And there's that great scene with Alexis, with Katie Lowe's, where she goes... Anna did not ever pay my way. Anna paid for those shoes and that jacket. I was there when she bought those earrings, the sweater, and I know that bag. She paid for everything you have on. So, like, she she is an Anna mini-me, and we did a similar thing that we did with Vivian in that regard because she wanted to feel like a young intern at Vanity Fair, not making a lot, that she did her best, you know, to look cool, to go to work. But then once she's with Anna, all of a sudden everything becomes elevated. And then we see her in Morocco and, you know, she's in all the boho dresses and the caftans and living large on Anna, basically. So that theme runs through the whole show. I mean, you see Anna buying clothes for Neff. You know, she knocks on the window. And I'm not sure if this was based on the real Anna, but our Anna was exceptionally generous and did a lot for her friends and then until she stole from them. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. And I'd love to actually go back to episode two, which has a lot of wonderful sound bites about fashion. Anna's friend Val had a great soundbite where he said, Anna belonged. Anna was society. And then Anna tells Talia during that Cindy Sherman photo exhibit. This is not dress up. This is bravery. This is a moment in art. You must be one of Damien's gallerinas. You think I work here? So I'd love for you to reflect on how Anna saw herself, not only as a fashionista, but also as an artist, and how you built that into your work. Those are some of my favorite scenes, actually. The scene with Talia at that art gallery, and then the scene with Anthony Edwards when they're walking through, you know, the museum, I think it's the Museum of Modern Art. And we did this sort of postural echo thing with Anna's clothes in each of those that it felt similar to the area she was in. In terms of the scene with Anthony, she was wearing this Dolce & Gabbana suit that had sort of a Rococo painting silk screened on to the garment, on the sleeves and on the skirt and on the shoes. So she's in this really modern building with amazing modern art, and she's standing there wearing a Rococo painting. And the same with Talia's, with the scenes with Talia. It was important to us that both Talia and Anna be in very structural garments in that moment, very architectural, in the same way that in, you know, the black and white photo, which is such a famous photo, there's that sort of triangle headscarf, do you know? So we were echoing off that. Mm-hmm. And you really start to understand more about how Anna saw herself. I mean, the fact that she considers herself a peer of Cindy Sherman. I know. <laughs> is quite audacious. <laughs> when we read it, we were all like, what? <laughs> but, you know, that's the brilliance of Shonda. Do you know? That she would juxtapose this very young woman and then Cindy Sherman. And we'd have these 
intense conversations about art in the middle of a really a story about someone stealing money. And outside of the character of Anna, who was your favorite character to dress and why? Who was sort of someone who was surprisingly fun to create a look for? I love Neff. You know, I liked all the characters on the show because they were all so different from each other. And I should say, I love Neff because I love the bright colors. I love that, you know, she lived in Brooklyn and she was a little more street and really fun. And she wasn't pretending to be anybody. She was just who she was. But then I also love the Scriberians. I really, <laughs> just all their different textures. And, you know, getting to fit uh, dress Anna DeVere again was such a joy. And of course, Jeff. I don't know. Something about their quirkiness appealed to me, and I really, I really loved their fittings. And I appreciated Terry Kenny's character, how he was kind of holding on to these last vestiges of coolness with his concert t-shirts and his cool hats. And Terry was a riot because you know all of those sort of floral. I was a rock star once upon a time. Was <laughs> we kept saying, we're going to dress right. you like mid eighties rock star who's still dressing the same way. And, you know, what a trooper. He went for it. Okay, please stand by for these quick messages from our sponsors. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of our favorite Netflix series, Bridgerton. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad, is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor, and meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. And I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Okay, are you still there? Awesome. Let's get right back into it. Walk me through how you planned the trial-style sequences. The finale and, and all the chaos that ensued in the courtroom with Anna's costume delays, <laughs> we'll, we'll call them. 
This is so fucked. We've got 30 minutes before this judge loses her fucking shit on me. Better get shopping. You want me to pick out the clothes? Y'all figure it out. I got a shift. Tell me about creating what really was a, not only a huge moment in legal history, but this huge fashion moment and how the two intersected in this finale. Literally between Instagram and what Shonda wrote on the page, it was all there. So for us, it was more, what is the nuance of the scene? What is Anna feeling in this moment? Should we use, you know, the Zara blouse or do we use the helmet Lang jacket that she had her supposed stylist go to get for her? We gathered together all the pieces that she actually wore and then tonally went through each scene. Was she sad? Was she confrontational? Was she, and then dressed according to sort of the essence of how Anna was in that particular scene. It's interesting when I rewatched the final episode, I was struck by how youthful Anna was choosing to look in the courtroom. She didn't go for more of a tailored suit look. She's more going for this almost like teenager baby doll dress. Mm -hmm. How do you feel that she was hoping to represent herself for the jury? Because it's an odd choice for someone who had tried to pass herself off as this sophisticated, elegant woman. Yeah, I think I was sort of underwhelmed by Anna's fashion personally. Um, and I mean that with no disrespect. But particularly in the trial sequences, the little black ribbon around her neck, which was a favorite thing of hers, the baby doll dresses, which sort of harkened back to her early days, you know, and there's a character that actually says, when I first met her, she wore baby doll dresses. We couldn't take her seriously to give her a loan. And then all of a sudden she's wearing, you know, really high-end suiting. So it's that it's almost like she was regressing in that moment. And I think we tried to bookend that by highlighting the baby doll dresses. The earlier reference of the very young Anna, who's just starting out and then ending on that was sort of our way of bookending the character. I do think too, there, there might have been some artifice in it for the real Anna, just to look as sweet as possible. <laughs> right. You don't want to dress up and be too, you know, glossy in a courtroom like that. You want to be sort of every woman. I imagine she put a lot of thought into what she was wearing. That seems to be her thing. <laughs> yes, yes, she puts a lot of thought into everything, I think. I would love for you to weigh in on something that I find fascinating from earlier in the series when Val is speaking to Vivian about Anna. And he was talking about how her taste was impeccable. But he distinguished his taste from fashion. Anna was understated, elegant, Alaya, Balenciaga, Dior. She knew all the right things to say and do. How do you feel about that? And how do you feel Anna perceived taste versus fashion? I think Anna contrived everything and everything was about manipulation. So that in the moments where she was really courting Val, although Val didn't think she was, because she wanted to be in that fashion world, she. I mentioned it to Shonda is that she became the Hitchcock blonde, do you know, the ice queen blonde with all these icy colors and off the shoulder dresses in, you know, baby sort of icy pinks and icy blues because she was unattainable. That was the approach we had with the scenes with Val that this woman is elegant and classy and doesn't follow fashion. I think he says that, like she didn't just wear what everybody else wore. She had an innate style of her own because I think Val has an innate style of his own and he always looks so 
sort of Cary Grant elegant. And so I think, you know, she saw that and she wanted that. And I think everything she wore had a purpose. And I personally think that you shouldn't follow fashion, that you should know what works well on your body, what looks good on you. And then you take the pieces of fashion that you love that are also part of what will look good on you. And that's how you should dress. Um, but I think Anna was a different sort of chameleon. I think she she looked as, at fashion and she looked at clothing and she looked at design and she looked at art and they were all tools she could use to get to an end. And that's interesting. You talk about that sort of Kim Novak peroxide blonde, tippy hedron, unattainable blonde look that she was going for. But then she chooses to soften it and she darkens her hair to more of a red because she realized that that unapproachable iciness wasn't really servicing her. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And, you know, that was, again, Shonda. There was just specific beats. And as you can imagine, filming, you know, for 10 months, I think it was, tracking that for the poor hair department, you know, and then for us, it changed everything about what Julia could wear. It changed the color palette. You know, when you're an ice blonde, there are certain colors that are going to work well. And then when you're a redhead, it changes. So as I keep saying, like there were so many, <laughs> not even just about all the hair. Anna was a chameleon and she used every tool she could and she had to become whatever was acceptable or whomever was acceptable in a given situation. So she could go from the boho art world to shopping at Bergdorf's and fit in in all those places. Absolutely. And my final question for you is thinking about how you felt about Anna and the character of Anna when you started the project and now thinking about her after the series has been revealed to the world and you've had more time to think about her. How have your feelings changed about this person, both the real life person and the person we see depicted in the series? You know, Stacey, I have to tell you, I'm still very confused. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I think a lot of us are, by the way. Yeah, we talk about her a lot still at work, uh, Laura Frakon and I. And literally, I was talking to another actress today who had just seen the show and said, oh my God, I watched the show. It was amazing. I loved it. And she said to me, what do you think of Anna? And I go, I'm just so intrigued. I still cannot fathom how she did what she did. I'm also very conflicted as a woman. I feel like, well, you know, yes, she stole and that is wrong. But was it so bad? Did that happen to her because she was a woman? I mean, I am a mess about Anna Delby. And I think it's just, <laughs> there were a lot of us who were just had a really hard time trying to figure her out and we still haven't. And I think that's what's so interesting about the show because you don't really know in the end. I don't think anybody knows. I'm not even sure if the real Anna knows. Well, and, and on that note too, really, truly in incredible work. You're, and you're such an amazingly talented artist, but the clothing really was a highlight of the series. So I just want to say thank you so much for putting so many hours of your craft and expertise into this. Thank you, Stacey. It was a joy. And I have to shout out to my crew and to Laura Frakon, who co-designed it with me, that it was I mean, look, it was a gift from Shonda. I'm always grateful when Shonda picks up the phone and calls me. Thank you so much for listening. That's it for today. Next week, I'll chat with Katie Lowe's, who plays Rachel Williams, Anna's frenemy who famously lost $65,000 in Morocco when she naively offered to foot the bill for their lavish vacation. Katie's not only a Shondaland staple, she's also a podcast host herself, 
and an absolute gem. What is the takeaway of this story? Don't trust people. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't be so jaded, Katie. (laughs) You cannot trust anybody. (laughs) If you're enjoying this show, subscribe, share with your friends, rate, and leave us a review. All of that good stuff. And if you haven't finished Shondaland's Inventing Anna on Netflix, please go do that. We really don't want to spoil it for you. Inventing Anna, the official podcast, is executive produced by Sandy Bailey, Lauren Homan, Tyler Klang, and Gabrielle Collins. Our producer and editor is Nicholas Harder, and the show is produced and hosted by me, Stacey Wilson-Hunt. Inventing Anna, the official podcast, is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.